When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Just for Variety. Today is June 29th, 2021. I'm your host, Mark Malkin. On today's episode, I'm talking to Riley Keough, the 32-year-old actor co-stars in the film Zola, an indie based on a real woman's Twitter thread that documented what happened when a fellow stripper convinces her to take a weekend trip to Tampa with her and her boyfriend and roommate. Co-written and directed by Jessica Bravo, the A24 movie stars Taylor Page in the title role. Riley plays Stephanie, a white woman with a culturally offensive dialect and dangerous motives. Sitting down with Keo at Variety's podcast studio marked my first in-person podcast interview since the pandemic. Keo was open and honest about becoming Stephanie, why she doesn't go out of her way to listen to her grandfather Elvis Presley's music, and what she's doing to raise awareness around mental health and suicide in the wake of her brother Benjamin's death almost one year ago. But before we get to Keo, let's take a look inside the pages of Variety. In this week's issue, Fred Siegel has Big Dickie's energy. Fred Siegel on Sunset Boulevard is currently home to Dickie's first ever pop-up. Not only can you pick up Dickie's signature items like work pants, the Eisenhower jacket, and overalls, but a rotating roster of artisans are on hand to customize your purchases. Check it out at Fred Siegel on Sunset Boulevard. Riley Keough may come from a famous family. Mom is Lisa Marie Presley and grandfather was Elvis. But she's been making her own mark in Hollywood since her acting debut 12 years ago in The Runaways. Since then, she's appeared in Magic Mike, followed by her role in Mad Max Fury Road. Keough plays Stephanie in Zola. Stephanie isn't at all what she seems when she invites Zola, played by Taylor Page, on a weekend road trip to dance at out-of-town strip joints. Keo will soon start shooting Daisy Jones and the Sixth, a limited series adaptation of the best-selling novel of the same name. In it, she plays a singer in 1970s Los Angeles. And yes, Keo sings in the series. And yes, Keo knows the comparisons to her grandfather, Elvis Presley, are unavoidable. Riley, thank you for coming to Just for thank Variety. Thank you for having me. In person. I know. You're my first. I know. I'm so in happy. Person. You're my first in person. <laughs> <laughs> this is um this is wild. But it just feels normal. It feels it feels normal. I think like the one thing that I'm noticing with um seeing people in person after the pandemic is there's there's a like a conversation seemed to be more profound. 
Mm-hmm. You know, like there's like a there's a it's not there's not as much sort of small talk. Like it's right. very sort of like, you know, the walls aren't up as much with people. And I really yes. am enjoying that. Yeah, I agree with that. I think walls are down. People have become more vulnerable. Yeah. And people, this God, I sound like a Barbara Streisand song. People miss people. <laughs> totally. Um, you know, and, and it's, it's yeah. you're you're allowed to be vulnerable because you're like, look what we just went through. I know. I like we ha- all went through something together. Yeah. And I think it's like, yeah, it's it's wild. Have you traveled? I um I went to where did I go? I did a little uh road trip of last year. And then this year, I've traveled like around California. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go to Hawaii, which I'm really That's excited nice. about. Yeah. Where are you going? Where? Oh, well, you don't have to say. That. <laughs> yeah, somewhere. <laughs> We're staying at this <laughs> This is the name I use when I check I <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've gone to New York a few times now. Okay. And it's sad to walk yeah. around Manhattan. Yeah. Um, the last time I was there I was getting back. But it's just so many stores are just boarded up and yeah. you just sit there and like, are those stores coming back? It's a very weird thing because there is this sort of excitement and hopeful feeling. And there's also this grief mm. and, you know, the c- cities, even L.A., it's like it's kind of a, a ghost town oh, yeah. a little bit. You know, there's it feels sort of. Yeah, just there's definitely that heaviness and that weight yes. still. So it's a very strange sort of combination between people being so excited and then this sort of layer of... Well, you get so excited. I want to go give you a hug, you know, someone a yeah. hug. And it's like, I don't know what their space is. I don't know what their Yeah, thing it's is. surreal. It's yeah. very crazy. It's like, it's, 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 I, it's like living in a film. Like you're like, this is, <laughs> this is wild. So great transition living in a film. There you go. Zola. <laughs> I yeah. watched it again last night with my husband. You did. It's effing wild, man. It is wild. It is. I didn't know much, and we'll get into the history of it. I didn't know much about it. Yeah. So I sort of went, I went into it rever- in a reverse way, mm. where I watched it, and then my husband and I would and Google then it. And yes. this thing. Yeah. What, you, you tell me, what is Zola about? Zola is about, well, it was a Twitter thread that that went viral in 2015. And this girl, um, Asia, tweeted her weekend in Tampa. She kind of met this girl at a restaurant that she was working at who they had this sort of like very um, immediate sort of love affair connection type Mm -hmm. thing. And she invites her to Florida to dance um, strip uh, for the weekend and kind of promises her that they're going to have this very fruitful weekend and make a bunch of money mm-hmm. and kind of, you know, abducts her essentially, like gets her stuck into yeah. a situation that's really so she, where she, she really doesn't want to be. Where her, it seems like her life was in danger. At yeah. least she believed it. Yeah. Um, and you play Stephanie. You play the woman who convinces her to go on this road trip. Yes, I play the woman that that convinces her to to go on the, you know, the the now, the, the Odyssey. Stephanie. <laughs> I don't know if I'm supposed to start with the look. The do you it's call a lot. it? Do you call it an accent? It's a lot. I know. Um, ha, or it's just. 
it's so great. Yeah. And I was saying this actually to our film awards editor. I said, you got lost in the role. Yeah. Like we forgot you were Riley. You know, I'm glad. It's really, Stephanie's a special. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's, it's, I love people's reactions because it's just no one knows what to say. They're just like, this is awful, but funny, but horrible and, and sad. And, yes. you know, it's like very confusing. And I think that that was my favorite thing about this film is, uh, I mean, it was the characters Janixa wrote and her ideas, you know, what she, uh, she wanted to do. She did so much with it. You know, that mm -hmm. you have, you've got this story that's, um, you know, there's a lot of darkness there and there's a lot of very serious topics and political mm -hmm. topics. And, and it's under the guise of, you know, comedy in this wild adventure, you know, and I think she did that so brilliantly. And on the page, it was, you know, uh, very, you know, clear who this character was, mm -hmm. that she was this demonic, uh, <laughs> demonic, demonic <laughs> that's sort of what we in Janixa call her. She's a demon, you know? Yeah. But, and I think it's so much fun for me to find humanity in those characters and to find empathy like as the person portraying them like that's one of the most fun processes for me so this was a real a real treat in that sense how did you find her humanity <sighs> i something i do in life a lot like i'm very i'm very empathetic naturally mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i'm very um I love people so much. And I like, I think if people knew how much I loved them, that I just everyone, that I think they would be weirded out by me. <laughs> like, I like, I'll see just people walking on the street and I'm just like, oh my gosh, my heart hurts. You know, like, I just like, Whoa, so really I have taken it in. It's <laughs> a have, lot of responsibility. I know. I just like, I was born that way and I have, and it kind of gets worse or better. I don't know. I, I think it's a good thing, but you know, there's definitely, some problematic things that come <laughs> along with that but I it kind of gets worse as I get older like I just like love everybody and I and I and I obviously you have horrible people and there's whatever but I I think that I because of that because that's sort of how I exist in life it's easier for me to find empathy for mm. these characters and I think also you know like people who are demonic usually have trauma you know, and uh, a lot of the time. And so then there's empathy there and right. what they grew up like, how they were raised, what how, how they kind of, uh, you know, yeah, the, the things that made them who they are now mm. and th all those things. I don't know. I'm trying to make it sound complicated, but really I think it's like I just like have an easy time with that. That's something I really um, – I mean, it, with that said, like if I was to go playing like a, you know, murderer of like right. people or children, you know, puppies. that would be puppies. <laughs> people can't handle dying animals <laughs> more than humans, <laughs> maybe. Are you nervous about the real Stephanie? That's not her name, but yeah. the real Stephanie. Like you said, she's demonic. Yeah. Like, are you a little nervous? She's going to. I think that the film was based off of. Um, Zola's interpretation of what happened, and then Janixa and Jeremy's interpretation of Zola's right. experience. And really, it's it's based off of Zola's experience. It's not 
you know, they didn't go around and get every single person's right. story. It was based off of the Twitter thread and staying accurate to the picture she what painted, she the story saw, she told and what she saw, right. how she felt about these people. And so bringing that to life was, I feel, the idea. Now let's talk about the voice. <laughs> how did you do it? Where did it come from? What is it? Did you use it when you were offset to practice? Yeah. Did you go to Starbucks, order a yeah. cappuccino with that voice? I didn't do that because <laughs> I, I just couldn't do that. Um, I, yeah, I mean, in the script, it was very clear that she was uh, offensive in every way. Right. She was just constantly offending Zola and just being totally outrageous. And mm -hmm. It was like in her hat, you know, the ways that Janixa wanted to show that was in her hair, her accent, just her, the things she did, the things she said, the words she uses, mm -hmm. um, just constantly offending everybody, right. you know? <laughs> and so then as far as the accent goes, we kind of discussed the, the, all of it. And she kind of, you know, she wasn't interested in, half-assing it you know she was like i want to you know i want to go a hundred percent with this not just like a little a you little went bit. like a thousand percent <laughs> let's just skip over the hundred okay. percent yeah so she you know so that you know when a director tells you you can go a thousand percent it's like really under creative right. character you know and it's not often that you get to do that and it's not often you get to be so theatrical and mm -hmm. and grounded and have that sort of um Janixa says hyperbole that she creates is this um, that kind of a world where it's just a little left of center. You right. know, it's like a little much, you know, mm -hmm. you're like, huh. Um, and so then, yeah, I, I worked with a dialect coach and we would send Janixa um, wow. voice notes and she was just, you know, she was like, uh-huh, but, you know, do it more, you know, like <laughs> go. Were you nervous the first time doing in front of the cast? Because it's. <laughs> Yeah. It's offensive. Um, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I was nervous the first table read type situation we had. Janixa and I had been working on it together. So right. I wasn't nervous with Janixa. And honestly, I wouldn't have done this had anyone else been directing this film. You know, she's a genius. And her her purpose in all of these things is, is very profound and very genius. And mm. um, what she does, what the little choices with women, with race, with um all of all of her choices are very very thoughtful and very profound so in anybody else's hands i just wouldn't have ever done that right. but um to tell the story she wanted to tell it was necessary to go a, a thousand you know right. um so yeah i was the first day that we did a table read i was really nervous i was you know uh i can't remember who was there but it's definitely not you know it's not cool, you know? Right. So I, I but it, it's kind of obvious when you're reading the script. So it's like, what else are you going to do? do? It's there on the page. Do you apologize first and be like, I'm so, um, I mean, you don't want to, you don't want to apologize for your performance. Yeah. But there's definitely like, by the way, this is coming. I may have said that. Yeah. yeah I may have said like, I'm sorry, by the way, this is an awful human being. Right. And I'm sorry. You know, um, I can't remember who's at the, the other thing is Taylor and I became friends so quickly. Mm-hmm. And Coleman and Nick, like we were all so close that it mm -hmm. was really um, an environment that allowed all of us to 
feel really comfortable. We all and knew safe. what we were doing and safe. And we all knew like the point of this. It wasn't, it wasn't just like some gratuitous dumb thing. Right. You know, it was like there was a race commentary. There was, you know, it was like, it was very, very much serving a purpose, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so it was just, you know, if I, if I had a hard time with like my accent, like, uh, Jared, uh, oh my God, there's so many J's. Um, <laughs> Coleman and Taylor on set would just help me. You know, yeah. I would, if I was like, I don't know how to say this, you know, they would be like, don't say it like that, say it like this, you know? So it was kind of a group effort to get it right in, in, in what it was. Now we're going to take a short break. I'll be back with more of Riley Keough. She opens up about raising awareness about suicide after the death of her brother Benjamin last July, after another look inside Variety. Charlize Theron is getting ready to shoot the sequel to her hit Netflix action film, The Old Guard. The Oscar winner tells me in this week's Just for Variety column that the script is ready and filming will begin early next year. Meanwhile, Vin Diesel tells me that he has writers working on a Fast and Furious spinoff for Theron. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Here's more of Riley Keough. But you don't get on the pole in the movie. I do for a minute. For, yes, we see your ass cheeks spread on the pole. That's <laughs> yeah. what we see. Yeah, what, what, what's, what I have of an ass, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of non-existent, but especially next to Taylor's, it's like, wow, I have no butt. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, yes. And, you know, it was that was another choice from Janixa. I was going to say, yeah. That you have this woman, Taylor, who's incredible on the pole and uh, there was a scene written that like taylor's doing all this dancing and she's incredible and stephanie just kind of doing the bare minimum and getting more attention mm -hmm. you know and so those kind of moments um just sort of subtle things right. to catch on to and um uh yeah so i didn't i didn't you know i didn't have to put in all the work that Taylor did. Did I mean, you she's train? Incredible. Did you train? Did you do some? Folding? I did a little. I had done it before. I actually did it for Magic Mike. I was just gonna say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did it for Magic Mike in in like two thousand whatever that was, nineteen eighty. No, I can't remember. Um, and uh, so I had done. I've done pole dancing lessons before. Right. So it's. I knew like this sort of bare minimum like i knew how to like no twirl around no pun intended yeah <laughs> yeah and um so we just decided not to you know up my game at all just to have her just kind of like she just walks around the pole and is just kind of lazy and yeah you know because i was literally at one point i was like how is she making money like yeah. what is she doing you which, find out no, which, <laughs> then, which then you know leads yeah. to when she's selling her body yeah not that she's being lazy. She just wasn't, she didn't have enterprise. She had a backup plan. Yeah. 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 It's, a fan, it's, it's, it's awesome. Um, so now I have to ask you about Lady Gaga. Oh, yeah. Born yes. This Way. So funny. This keeps coming up Orville and I love Peck's it. Orville Peck's cover I know. of Born This Way, Orville Peck, uh, uh, 
the most incredible person. He's, so, I love him so much. I'm such a big fan of his. So he is an LGBTQ yeah. country artist yeah. who is on Born This Way. It's the 10th anniversary album that Lady Gaga has had all these LGBTQ artists mm-hmm. sing on. Yeah. And you're a singing background. How did that happen? <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I think you would never know because you can't hear it. You can't really right. hear it. Like it well, sounds when like. I saw the headline. I was like, and I'm listening. Yeah. And like it has to be background. It's yeah. just like the background. Like you can kind of. It's like whatever voices you're hearing in the background. I think is me. Right. At different stages in the song, but um, my best friend's husband was producing the song. Okay. And they live next to us, and I'm there every day. Like we're like there. She's my. You know, she she runs my product our production company. Oh, okay. She's I, I write with her. She's my best friend, so I'm there all the time. And her husband is a music music producer. Okay. So he was just in the back house, and he was like, "Can you just come in here and sing background? Because I need like a voice." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Yeah, for sure." I didn't really know what it was. He was like, "I, I think they said like oh, it's something for Lady Gaga," but I didn't really know like the, <laughs> the that's not just how big of a Gaga, deal it was, right. you know, and. Um, and then I went in, and then, and they told me it was for Orville Peck, and so yeah, I just sang like the background on it, and then now it's it's all over the news. It's really <laughs> all over the place. Yeah. And I have to say, Orville is and, amazing. T- and tell me if I'm wrong here. Sounds like your grandfather. He does. You he know, he does. Like, like your grandfather. It, like tongue. I was listening, and I was like, okay, now I see why she's on the song. There's some connection. There's something about country folk music that like is definitely in my blood like right. it makes me feel so happy like i could just listen to like that kind of music all day like towns van sant or like you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i just like it's like in my actual like DNA. like dna memory or something you know right. what i mean because you know do you got... listen to your grandfather uh, do i say elvis i don't know if i'm supposed to say grandfather or elvis either you know. way we're <laughs> know what you're talking about <laughs> um i I don't put it on. If mm-hmm. it's on, I'll listen to it. You mm-hmm. know, there's definitely, like, emotion around it. Yeah. You know, it's like there was definitely a lot of grief around it growing up, especially seeing my mom and my grandma. You know, like, it yeah. was kind of a sad mm. thing, uh, tragic yeah. kind of a thing. Yeah. So there was definitely, like, that relationship to it. And I could see from a young age it would make my mom sad. Mm. And so I could feel that. So there's an it's definitely a, an emotional experience. Especially if it's one of the more emotional songs. If it's like, you know, one of the more like upbeat songs, Rocking, it's not. Yeah, totally. Kind of, yeah. But the more like gospel stuff or that kind of stuff, it definitely makes me emotional. But I will listen to it if it's on. I just don't go like putting it on. Well, I have to know. say, I was doing this. Okay, this is so LA. I'm giving another LA story. <laughs> We're in I LA. Doing, I was doing Peloton oh yesterday. Oh my gosh, I don't have one. <laughs> I'm very lazy. Okay, we, we got one. My husband did it. We have some kind of bike, but it's not a Peloton. (laughs) And COVID was, you know, sort of easing up in terms of restrictions, so I started putting on my clothes. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, the COVID-20. Oh, yeah. A lot of people. I was like, I got to get on the Peloton. And I was like, I don't really want to just be on the Peloton. I want to be addicted to the Right, (laughs) right. And... I love it now. Yeah. I love it. And there was a there's this one instructor, he's one of my favorite instructors, his name is Sam Yo. Uh-huh. And I'm like listening to him, and he's the most it's a hard ride, but he's so meditative and so calming. Yeah. So afterwards I look him up, I'm like, what? He's a former Buddhist monk. Wow. But it comes back to you because Because I'm also a Buddhist <laughs> monk. Right, right. <laughs> 
I'm not kidding. I'm like, kind of am. <laughs> I'm not on the Peloton, but <laughs> he said today when I was doing the ride, he was playing some of, I, I don't know why I keep like tripping up on this, some of your grandfather's music. Yeah. And he was like, I want to do an Elvis ride and I'll wear leather. That's amazing. And I'm like, Peloton I'm needs so to into do that. the like leather, like country vibe. Oh, it's yeah. so good. It's so good. It's amazing. Um, so that that was my very long story to give you. I, you're writing Peloton to Elvis. And it makes sense. It makes sense. It really fucking works. It does. And if I'm it drops some pounds. I, might, I, might, I guess maybe I'll try that. It might be a very weird experience for me. Because <laughs> one, I hate, pal- I hate exercising. And two, it's like, you know, so we'll see. <laughs> um, and you're doing more singing. Yeah. Daisy, tell us about Daisy. Tell us yeah. about the project. Daisy um, Jones and the Six. Yes. So it's a, it was a book, mm-hmm. and I I I heard that they were making it into a, a limited series, and I think limited. Who knows? Um, and I got the script, the the pilot, and I just was it just like it's just one of those things that I was like, this would be so fun, mm-hmm. and to you know I've be in the 70s, be in a rock band. Like, that's everyone's kind of dream. It's in you know? your DNA, by And it's in my DNA. Yeah, maybe it's just mine. Um, and I just, like, you know, every time you say, like, it's in the 70s and it's in L.A. and it's rock and roll, you're, everyone wants to hang out with that, that vibe, you know? <laughs> like, it's a good vibe. So, um, yeah, and so for that one, I had I, I really hadn't really sang before. I'd sang soft, like, quietly kind of. You know, mm-hmm. my husband sings a lot. Like, I'll sing with him mm-hmm. for fun, but never alone. By the way, never her husband's like, a stuntman. I love the fact that he's just sing- a stuntman who sings. I he's mean. a stuntman who sings. <laughs> he did ballet. He did trapeze. He did, yeah, he danced as a kid. Like, he's done lots. Wow. He's done a lot of uh, a lot of different kinds of things. But but he sings around the house, and you he sometimes sings join him. I've sang with him, and I, like, I've sang quietly, like, here and there for things, mm-hmm. like, my friend's birthday album. Like, I'll sing on it, but, like, very kind of quietly, not, like, mm-hmm. loud. And for this, they needed, like, me to sing loudly. So I'd never heard myself, like, sing loud. And, and you know, they I sent them a video of me singing, and they were kind of like, you need to be able to, like, sing. You need a stronger voice than that for the mm-hmm. show. And I was like, oh, my God, like, I don't know. If I can do it. But when you're an actor, you kind of just like pretend you can do everything until you get the job. <laughs> you're like, yeah, I can definitely do that. I can, I can, anything you need. Like I'll go learn it over the weekend and say I've done it for like 10 years. <laughs> you know, you're giving if you really want the job, I know it's a secret. It's, it works sometimes. I know um, French. And for sure. You're like, we, oui. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I, I went and like I tried singing in the car. I tried singing like a loud song and I sounded so bad. I was like this it almost made me cry. I was like I can't do it. And I hate when I can't do things. Like I mm-hmm. I, I really like push myself. I I want to be if I want to do something I like I need to do it, right. you know? So I just really, I tried and I was like, I, this is like one thing I don't think I can do. And so I just did it again. I was like, I sounded so bad because I'd just never done it before. Right. And then, then I went to a voice coach and worked with him like four times. And I could kind of be like here that I could maybe do it if mm-hmm. I, it just felt so out of control. I'd never like used my voice right. before, you, have to you control know, it. you have to control it. 
And then I just kept doing it. And then, you know, I sent them a video. I finally got to a place where I was like, okay, maybe I can, maybe I can do it, you know? And, and then they hired me. So I was like, oh, okay. Like, I don't really have a perspective on it at all. Like, I'm like, if you think it's good, like, sure, let's go for it. <laughs> Are you, again, going back to your DNA. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's going to be one of the first things people are listening to and looking for. Totally. Is she like Elvis? I'm not. My <laughs> voice isn't like Elvis, but I'll tell you what. Like, I just realized recently that I, I do have kind of a f country voice. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like I realized that like the other day in the studio, we've already re we've recorded a bunch of songs. And I was like, I just realized today, I think I have a country voice. <laughs> or like, I don't know what it is. It's a weird. I have a weird, I have a, I have a, I have a weird voice, but um I it's I'm not used to it. you know when you're not when you don't sing for a long right. time you're not used to hearing it so it's I I don't really have great perspective on it I don't think but I it's fun and I love it and I like I'm always interested in trying things and you know I don't really I have like a weird thing where I don't care if I fail at things and and that has been really helpful in this process trying mm -hmm. something new learning something new at thirty it is. what did your mom say when you said you're gonna play a singer um. I think she was like, I don't remember. I think she was like, oh, that's exciting. Like, I don't think she knows really what the story's about. Like, she hasn't mm -hmm. read the book. So I don't, you know, think she knows because to, that's to a the degree. Of, I mean, if it's the 1970s. I know. I know. That's the time. Listen, uh, yeah, it is. It is it's, 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 a t it's a time where, like, there was so much going on politically and musically and mm -hmm. like there were so many different kinds of singers and kinds of music and that's what's been fun for me is just learning about everything that was going on in the 70s that's you know it's mm -hmm. kind of like what you're saying a deep dive into the 70s and it's a really interesting that's a time. fun time yeah, totally. are you modeling her after any any particular artist no i'm not and i'm not modeling her because that stresses me out right. i don't know i like when i have like a prototype or like it playing a real person like all of that like, I think that I'm watching videos. I'm watching all kinds of people. I'm watching singers from the 70s and watching, like, how what they're doing on stage and kind yeah. of how they're, you know, um, I'm not, like, I'm not in control enough of my voice to, like, mimic a singer, you know? Right. Like, I'm just, right. like, I just have my voice, voice and that's it, you know? Um, but in terms of, like, performance and stuff, it's been really interesting to watch, you know, I'm also watching men. I'm watching men perform, watching women perform. Um, it was like definitely a time where women weren't as open sexually as men. So when you're watching like male rock stars, yeah. they're like much more sexual and in their body. And and that is something I wanted to sort of incorporate into Daisy is, mm -hmm. is having a woman kind of from that time be a little more, free. you know, free. Um, or in the or, way that, like, you know, you do see, like, Janis Joplin, or, you know, they're much more sort of right. liberated, you know, which is cool. Um, is, is it orig all original music? or is so it Yeah, covers? it's all original wow. music. Yeah. So are you writing some of that music? I am not writing any of music. <laughs> I cannot write music. But it's beautiful, and, I, and I'm and i very happy. It's, the music's great. And when do you start shooting? September. Here, I'm assuming in L.A.? In LA? Yeah, September. So we're, just, we just, we're just going back to rehearsals now, so it's it's very exciting, and... What is it like going, you know, I know we talked earlier about, you know, both of our brothers passing. What's it like going back to work and going back to the real world when you've, when you've. 
Yeah, awesome. I think I think when you're in grief, as you know, like everything for the first time hits you. Mm-hmm. Like you, it's like, oh, I'm experiencing this in grief now. It's the little things at first. Like yes. I'm going to the grocery store in grief. Mm-hmm. Never done that before. And then it's yes. like, oh, I'm going back to the gym in grief. Or, you know, and yeah. so you kind of have to re-experience everything in grief all, mm-hmm. all over again until you've kind of done everything in grief in my experience. You know, you're... For me, first it was like car rides and grief, and then you yes, know, um, that's so. I've never th- heard it said like that. That's so, like especially you know, I went to go visit my mom. It was the first time after my brother passed. Yeah, like that's the ultimate. The you ultimate. Then um, yeah. seeing different people, being in social settings, yes. um, being back at work. You know, yeah. I, I definitely am. Um, I'm doing a, f- a show called The Terminalist at the moment. And mm-hmm. That was my first job back to work. And so that was like a new experience being in, on set in grief. And mm-hmm. then how do I navigate this? And, you know, and, you know, everybody in your workplace knows, you know, in right. my case, everyone in the world right. knew, yeah. but a lot of the time in your workplace. And then so it's just like all of these new things come up where you're going, okay, now I have to do this in grief. Now it's my birthday in grief. And so it's like you keep having to, you just have to, there's all these things. And so coming back to the studio and to Daisy and to this job specifically, it was like we left this sort of space and it was kind of untouched. And so going back to it, it feels like it was I was just there yesterday. But then all of this stuff has happened. So it's weird. You're back in your office, so to speak. But mm-hmm. your brother's gone, mm-hmm. you know. And so it's just like a it's a very bizarre kind of. It's a, it's bizarre. What you know? do you want people to remember about your brother? I think like one of the things that I really was, um, the one of the first instincts I had was, I think there's, there's people have ideas about suicide mm-hmm. and what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I did judgment on like okay they must be a b and c right and i think just you know i posted all these videos of him on my instagram when he passed because i just wanted to share that like people you'd never know would take their life can take their life and it doesn't it's not linear it's not linear there's not one version of it um and in in our scenario like i never would have imagined it it wasn't something that was like that I saw coming, you know? Mm-hmm. So just like taking away that sort of bias around su- suicide um, for me was really important. Like that he was, you know, uh, incredible. He was so smart, so funny, um, such a light, like such a such an in- amazing, like he was talented at everything he did. Like, mm. and I think people have these uh, ways they imagine mental health looking. And right. I think that, that was that really for me is like what I had always wanted to communicate about him. Everyone that knew him knew that. Right, of course. But yeah. he was just a magical person and such a you know he and I wouldn't have I wouldn't have said, you know, I don't know, you how do you measure mental health issues? I wouldn't have said that he was, you know, I wouldn't have been particularly worried about him, honestly. Mm-hmm. You know, so then I'm like, you need to really check in with people. Right. Like and really. Like really, your own brother that's your best friend. You don't, yeah. if you don't see that coming, you know, like mm-hmm. really be cognizant of, you But know. you talking about this, that's, that in the end could save a life. 
I hope you know? so. And I'm, you know, I'm doing my best to talk about it a lot because people don't like talking about death. And, no. and, and I find that frustrating because mm -hmm. I'm like, how, what, we know, how are we going to, this is going to happen to everybody yeah. at some stage and yeah. grief and loss and death. And I, I just, as much as I can, I bring it into conversations and, and if it's appropriate, obviously, right, but, but particularly with people who have gone through similar situations because yeah. I did and I saw how uncomfortable it made people and yeah. how no one really knew what the right thing to say was, hmm. you know? And so I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of, there's so much secret, like, there's so much like, oh, I don't want to talk about that. Yes. Oh, I don't yeah. want to, you know, like, I don't know if we should, should I say it, you know, should I say it or should I not talk to you? And I'm just very much like, yes, talk about it. Mm. I want to talk about my brother. I'm sure you do too. You want to yeah. tell like the the stories about the amazing yeah, the I mean, things you that's did what together. That's, you, know? you know, that's what we did. That was Riley Kia, And that was this week's episode of Just for Variety. Remember to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Malkin for all your Hollywood news and my Just for Variety column, head over to Variety.com. See you all next time. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.